This is Shi'ar Jashub, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo, and coming to you from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. In today's study on heavenly authority, we will be continuing the sermon Pastor delivered from 1 Samuel chapter 21 on the fleeing of David from Saul. When we left off, the priest Ahimelech had responded to David's request for a weapon by offering him Goliath's sword. So let's rejoin Pastor Greg. David was a mighty deliverer used by God. So David knows there's none like it, and he he takes it. And then in verse 10, David arose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. Now, Gath, we should remember, we've been studying 1 Samuel. Gath is a what? A Philistine city. He goes to the enemy. By the way, where is Goliath from? Remember? Not just the Philistine. He's from the city, we're told, of Gath. So he goes to the hometown of Goliath. He goes over the border of Judah and into the Philistine land. Because when you're fleeing from the king of Israel, there's not too many places to go in Israel, so he goes over to the enemy. And you can see how fear can make us go over to the enemy. How conflict can make us do something not right. And David goes over... David later on will again go back with his men, not this time acting crazy, but he will go back and actually serve Achish when when Saul is in hot pursuit after him. And Achish will say to David in chapter 29, verse 6, he uses the expression, as the Lord lives, as Yahweh lives. So something's going on with this Achish anyway. Perhaps when the ark went into the Philistine towns and all those plagues came upon them, maybe Achish started to be inquisitive about who this Yahweh is. Uh, It could be just having David around. Later on, David will be in his court. Made Achish consider Yahweh as God because he will use the expression uh, as Yahweh lives. But he uses it right before he's about to attack the Israelites. So you have to say how serious is he about it. But anyway, Achish is an interesting character, this king of Gath. And you see the fear of David here. Where do I go? What do I do? I'm an enemy of the king. Where do I hide? He's at his wit's end. He's desperate, and he goes to the enemy. And it says in verse 11, And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of him to one another and dance, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his Ten thousands. So they understand that David's in line to become a king, that he's a leader over the Israelites because they've suffered from him. Verse 12, now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. He said, what was he thinking going there in the first place? Didn't he realize they were going to recognize him? He's a public figure. He's a head over the armies. He's caused them so much trouble. What was he thinking going to the enemy? And now he's really afraid what's going to happen to him. Verse 13, so he changed his behavior before them, pretended madness in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate, and let his saliva fall down on his beard. He pretended to be insane. He feigns insanity. There's no solace here for him. There's only worse trouble, and he has to act like a madman to get away. 
Verse 14, then Achish said to his servants, look, you see, the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So David gets away. God delivers him. By feigning insanity, you would think they would still take him and kill him, the Philistines. But there's something going on with this, this king of Gath, this Achish, that God is able to have him not even want any presence of David in his court and just send the madman away. And David is desperate. The desperation in fleeing from Saul here, the desperation acting like a madman and letting the saliva fall on his beard to get away from Achish. And he flees to Adullam. Adullam means refuge. It's a city in Judah, and this cave is near this city. And it's not far from the Philistine border. It's southeast of Gath. It's southwest of Jerusalem. So it's between Jerusalem and Judah and Gath, the Philistine city on the coastland. And now finally... David, who has been distressed in despair, he finds some comfort. We read, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. They joined him. And they joined him also because they're in danger now too. It's clear that Saul is his enemy, so his family's in danger. And everyone who was in, look at the people that joined David. Everyone in distress. Everyone who's in debt. And everyone who was discontented, that word means literally bitter of soul, gathered to him. So he became a captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. So, again, he's a leader. And you think back to that judge, Jephthah, and all the worthless men who banded together around him, how now this motley crew of those in distress, those that are in debt, those that are bitter of soul, discontented, the least are drawn to David. Even as many times to the son of David, the first are last and the last are first. Those who are in distress, those who are discomforted, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor, Jesus said. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They are usually the first to respond to Messiah. And those who are satisfied and content, the first many times the last. Here the least come, and he has this group who are distressed, who need help, and they find solace in this one who was a leader and who has now also lost his position. And there's a comforting of one to the other, as again he has a group and they have a leader to lead them. And there's about 400 there. In verse 3, Then David went from there to Mizpah of Moab. This is not the regular Mizpah. This is a place in Moab. And we see Moab is also Israel's enemy, right? Remember Eglon, the king of Moab, the fat king that oppressed Israel until Ehud, the judge, delivered them. Saul also fought against them in chapter 14. But this time it makes a little more sense that David goes to Moab. I mean, going to Gath makes no sense at all. When he is the slayer of Goliath, the champion of Gath. At least Moab, you can say, well, his great-grandmother Ruth was a Moabitess, right? 
Uh, so at least there's a family tie to uh, Moab. And he goes down there and he says to the king of Moab, please let my father and mother come here with you till I know what God will do for me. He still hasn't heard from the Lord. He wants his parents protected from Saul, so he brings them to Moab, to a place safe from the king of Israel. So verse 4, he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt with him all that time that David was in the stronghold. And it's not clear if the stronghold is talking about back at the cave of Adullam, or if David himself is in Moab now. But God answers his request to know what God will do for me. And it says in verse 5 how he answers it. Now the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Depart and go to the land of Judah. Uh, so Gad just shows up. Gad comes on the scene. We don't know his lineage. Probably from the school of the prophets of Samuel. He's simply a man of God. He's a prophet. And God answers David through the prophet, and he tells him that the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Depart and go to the land of Judah. So it would sound like the stronghold was over in Moab. And God does not want David in Gath. God does not want David in Moab. God wants David in Judah, right in Israel. And it will be God that protects David from Saul. So David departed and went into the forest of Hereth. And the forest of Hereth is in the hill country of Judah. It's a few miles east of Adullam in the hill country of Judah. The Lord gives him revelation what he wants. He wants David right in there. He is the one anointed to be king. And he's not to hide with the enemy in Gath, nor the enemy, the Moabites. Let's close up by looking at what Saul does. Verse 6, When Saul heard that David and the men who were with him had been discovered, he hears now there's a band of men, and they're in the hill country of Judah. Now Saul was staying in Gibeah under a tamarisk tree in Ramah, with his spear in his hand. He always has a spear there, right? And all his servants standing about him, probably very afraid. Then Saul said to his servants who stood about him, Hear now, you Benjamites, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards and make you all captains of thousands and captains of hundreds? He's crazy. He's angry. He's paranoid. All of you have conspired against me. Well, if that was the case, he would be dead, right? All of you have conspired against me. There is no one who reveals to me that my son, meaning Jonathan, has made a covenant with the son of Jesse. And there is not one of you who is sorry for me or reveals to me that my son has stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait as it is this day. He's paranoid that Dave is looking to kill him. And Dave is not looking to hurt him whatsoever. And he's accusing his own son, Jonathan, who we know is a man of God, who is innocent. His anger overflows to Jonathan. He accuses them of conspiracy. And there is not one of you who is sorry for me. He's self-absorbed. He's having a pity party. All he's thinking about is himself. And he's looking about himself and poor me. Nobody's for me. Everyone's against me. You're all conspiring against me. How 
far Saul has fallen. And of course now the snake answers him, Doeg. Then answered Doeg the Edomite, who was set over the servants of Saul and said, I saw the son of Jesse going to Nob, to Ahimelech the son of Ahitub. And he inquired of the Lord for him. Now that's not true, right? Nowhere have we read that Ahimelech went before the Lord to inquire for David. David just wanted food and a weapon and he went. So Doeg is embellishing. He gave him provisions and gave him the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. So the king sent to call Ahimelech the priest, the son of Ahitub, and all his father's house, the priests who were in Nob, and they all came to the king. He brings all the men in, all these male priests he brings in. And Saul said, Here now, son of Ahitub. He answered, Here am I, my lord. Then Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me? You and the son of Jesse, in that you have given him bread and a sword, and have inquired of God for him, that he should rise against me to lie in wait, as it is this day. So Ahimelech answered the king and said, And who among all your servants is as faithful as David? And who is the king's son-in-law? And who goes at your bidding and is honorable in your house? Did I then begin to inquire of God for him? Far be it from me. Let not the king impute anything to his servant or to any in the house of my father. For your servant knew nothing of all this little or much. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. May the Lord's presence overflow in your life as you serve Him.